Welcome to the Banega Swasth India podcast. Our focus is on creating a holistic and healthy India for each and every one. Our goal is Lakshya Sampurna Swasthika, where citizens, individuals, society and governments work together to ensure health for all. I'm Ambika Singh Kama. Today We have with us Dr. Saurabh Mehrotra, Senior Consultant, Institute of Neurosciences, Medanta, Gurgaon, to talk about mental health and how individuals can take care of their mental health by bringing in simple day-to-day changes. Dr. Saurabh Mehrotra, to begin with, tell us what are some of the challenges of mental health in India? According to the Lancet report in 2017, an estimation of the burden of mental health conditions for the states across India revealed that as many as 197.3 million people required care for mental health conditions. Please elaborate what are some of the challenges in accessing mental health services in the country. According to the Lancet report, approximately 200 million people in India are affected by mental health disorders. Now, uh, the healthcare services reach a very small minority of these people who require uh, services one of the biggest problems which india faces is what we may refer to as a lack of mental health literacy people do not understand the symptoms of psychological disorders they do not uh, understand that there are effective treatments available for psychological disorders and also that these treatments are are extremely effective there is a lot of stigma which is related to mental health disorders people feel that going to a psychiatrist or or a, or a psychologist almost equates to being mad they do not realize that most of the psychological disorders which we refer to as common psychological disorders occur in people who are otherwise as normal as anybody else so stigma plays a significant role in delaying uh, contact of people with mental health services then there is problem of uh, uh, education there is problem of in infrastructure so there are very few psychiatrists only a few thousand psychiatrists available across the country and that number has unfortunately not been increasing significantly the number of psychologists are also few hospitals which provide mental health services are also lesser in number so the infrastructure available for treating people with psychological disorders is also less apart from that a push for from the government policies related to people who have may who have psychological disorders or may have psychological disorders the the policy and the push from the government as well as the budgeting which is required for mental health needs to be much more dr mehrotra if you can also list down some tips on how everyone can take care of their mental health and what authorities can do to bring a focus on the same so there is a lot of thing which uh, things which we can do on a day to day basis in improving our mental health now uh, even before that i'd like to highlight the definition of health of health itself the who way back in 1948 mentioned that health is about physical psychological and social well being so it's a state of physical psychological and social well being and not merely the absence of disease so psychological well being needs to be present in order for us to call ourselves healthy the little little things which we can do into in order to improve our mental health is to begin with let's say lifestyle lifestyle changes something as basic as sleep and a healthy diet adequate hours of sleep are very important for good mental health as well as functioning people who are sleep deprived often tend to be irritable anxious or even depressed 
So something as basic as sleep is very important. A healthy diet goes a long way in restoring physical as well as mental health. Then for people, we must realize that getting up in the morning and going for a morning walk or some sort of exercise. Exercise is believed to be a mood elevator. It elevates our mood. It improves our energy levels, improves our attention, concentration, memory, all of that. So exercise itself is a mood elevator and it also facilitates better sleep. So that's very important. People can, uh, you know, learn any one of the simple meditation techniques and meditation techniques are very effective in calming down anxiety, uh, bringing down blood pressure, reducing the heart rate, reducing anxiety and again facilitating better sleep. Meaningful engagement is very important. Now, we need to be engaged in something or the other throughout the day in order for us to stay mentally healthy. We need to have positive involvements or hobbies in place, things which relax our mind. It could be music for somebody, it could be creative arts for another person, it could be gardening or cooking for another person. So we must spend some time in uh, uh, our hobbies every day. Unfortunately, work occupies too much of our daily lives and uh, you know impairs our involvement in other activities so hobbies are very important and then something which has been talked about repeatedly uh, particularly during the times of uh, the pandemic is social connectedness talk to people so social connectedness and ventilation which we refer to as sharing your thoughts and feelings are extremely extremely important so make sure that you have a good network of family of friends of people whom you can talk to as well as you are constantly in touch with. It would be better to give a phone call to somebody or do a video call to somebody or go and meet in person if the pandemic now receding, if that permits. Invest time in your relationships. WHO states that the COVID-19 pandemic has created a global crisis for mental health, fueling short and long-term stresses and undermining the mental health of millions. Estimates put the rise of both anxiety and depressive disorders at more than 25% during the first year of the pandemic. Now, when the pandemic is almost over, Dr. Mehrotra, if you can tell us what steps are needed to shift the focus towards mental health. So what we've seen during and after the pandemic is that uh, mental health disorders have increased. There's a lot of increase in anxiety disorders, depressive disorders. A lot of grief has been uh, you know, experienced by people. And uh, it wouldn't be unfair to say that along with the COVID pandemic, a mental health pandemic is also simultaneously existing. So what needs to be done at this particular point of time is the most important thing, I guess, would be awareness, raising the levels of awareness of people, making them aware that some of the problems that they are going through, there is help available. For example, somebody who's had a financial loss or shutting down of his business during the pandemic and feels depressed does not come to a mental health professional thinking that depression is a natural consequence of the situation that he is facing in life. Whereas the truth is that we may not be able to help him with his financial position, but we can help him with his depression. So raising awareness about symptoms of psychological disorders, the fact that treatments are available, that's very, very important. And there has to be a strong push from everybody in this direction. Also, some of the myths and misconceptions related to mental health should be handled. People should be explained that it's not a big deal going for, uh, you know, a consultation to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Just as you take care of your body, you should take care of your heart, mind as well. So the myths and misconceptions uh, should be removed. The stigma should be removed. 
and where all mental health services are available and accessible, that also has to be provided. People often do not know where to go to. And at this particular point of time, a push towards teleconsultation services will help the population at all, particularly those in the remote area who actually have no access to services. In this year's budget, government has announced the launch of National Telemental Health Program to provide 24-7 free counselling and care to people. How effective are these telecounselling services and what kind of intervention can they facilitate to someone who reaches out to them for help? During the COVID pandemic, uh, the central government as well as the state government uh, came up with uh, telecounselling services and uh, there were helpline numbers available for people and these telecounselling services were free. Now, what we need to understand is that, yes, telecounselling services are being provided for the, by the government for free and they are also being provided by, you know, the private hospitals as well. Uh, we do not know the utilization of these telecounselling services, but telecounselling services are quite effective for majority of the population. Now, for some or a small subset of population, it might be wiser to visit the psychiatrist or the psychologist in person. But for most of what people are going through, what we refer to as the category of common mental health disorders, teleconsultation is actually a boon. It provides access to people even in the remotest parts of the country. And with the, with the you know technology pervading our lives, and this is the plus side of technology and everybody seems to have a smartphone and everybody seems to have an internet uh, connection. So tele teleconsultation services are relatively easy. We've been doing these teleconsultation services at Medanta for many years now and we found them to be quite effective. So the government just has to use or utilize this idea of teleconsultation services, uh, let the people know that such and such consultation services are available and it's just a matter of time before, you know, people start utilizing them. As I mentioned, the common mental health disorders are the disorders where these services work better. And there will be a set of people who will require a visit to the hospital. Both psychiatrists as well as psychologists and counseling can be provided through teleconsultation services. That's it on the Banegas West India podcast this week. If you have comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues that you would like us to cover in future, to write to us on BSI podcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banega Swast India. You can also connect with us on Banega Swast India handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue with the conversations through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy and stay safe.